You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. Hey everybody, this is Nicole. Welcome to Your Word on the Way. Um, I just wanted to take some time and briefly share with you three marks of a believer. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, um, you have chosen to make him your savior and you are following him. Um, These are three marks that you should see in your life. Three things, um, basically basically like three fruits that you should see in your walk with Christ and as you walk here on this earth. Um, And so I want to get right into it. I don't want to take too much time today. Uh, I hope to not have to break this up into several segments, but we'll see how much talking I do. Um, First, I I just want to say that the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So we see with Peter, who was one of the disciples of Jesus, that he he denied Christ three times. And so you can look at that story in Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time today. Um, but the Bible does say in, I'll read a couple verses for you in Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Um, talking about Jesus. So they arrested Jesus and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. You know, um, that sometimes is the mark of the life of somebody who says that they're a believer. Um, But they're more like a believer in name and not in actions. And I want to encourage all of us, myself included, to not be like a Peter who follows at a distance Um, because that's not why Jesus shed his blood. He shed his blood so that we could have a perfect relationship with him and the father and the Holy spirit. Not that we would have to follow at a distance, but that we could have a right relationship with him. And so let this be an encouragement to you. You don't have to follow at a distance anymore. Um, you can be right with God, but also experience fellowship with him, experience life with him, what it's like to really know him and enjoy his presence, enjoy the life that he has to give, give to you. And that's really, that brings us. So I just wanted to share with you the problem. The problem really is that, um, like the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. Um, that separates us from God. The problem is that, If we haven't received Christ as our savior, or maybe we're just following him, um, or we say that we're following him, but we're not really, we end up following at a distance and not really partaking in what God has for us, not really partaking in the joy that he has for us, not really partaking in the pleasures of his presence. And that's not what God intended for us. Um, And I, I just want you to know that God has... God has given us his son, Jesus, so that we could be in perfect relationship with him, in right relationship with him, and not just so that we don't go to hell, um, but also that we can experience eternal life starting now, uh, abundant life starting now. The Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, 
but Jesus came that we might have life and have life more abundantly. Uh, Peter here was following at a distance. That is not abundant life with Christ. Um, and then he ended up denying Christ. Anytime you follow at a distance, you will deny him. And so that brings us to our first point. What is, what is, what are the three marks of a believer or three fruit of the believer? However you want to word it. Um, number one is restoration. You are restored to your relationship with the father. Um, the moment that you become a believer in Jesus Christ. So, Let's look t- look at John chapter 21. I'm assuming you don't have your Bible with you. And if you're driving, I hope that you're not trying to look at it. That was uh, a pause so that you could laugh, but also so that I could find where I was looking in the Bible. John chapter 21, uh, verse 15 through, verses 15 through 19. This is after Jesus had um, ascend or had had been raised from the dead. And so he's alive right now. He had appeared to his disciples. And this is what uh, Jesus is saying. After breakfast, so Jesus made them breakfast, which is, I think, pretty incredible. Um, I'd like to tap into that anointing. Amen. After Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time and he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. So then he goes on to tell Peter what kind of life he's going to live or what kind of death he's going to die. And then verse 19, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. I love those words. We see the contrast of, you know, Peter had been, Peter had denied Christ three times. Peter had turned away from Christ three times. Um, Peter had said no to Christ three times. And here is Jesus asking Peter questions and I don't have time to get into all of the, you know, the Greek and what was being said back and forth and why it was said the way that it was said. Um, though this is word on the way I could get into words, but we're going to move on for, for just for today. Um, but here is Jesus and he asks the questions. He gives Peter a chance and then it's so cool. It's like back to the very first moment that Jesus first chose Peter. He chooses him again and he says, follow me. You know, there's many times that we've fallen short of God's glory. Um, All fall short of the glory of God, uh, his glorious standard. There's many times that we've fallen short of God's glorious standard for our lives. And we could be like Peter when he denied Christ. He wept bitterly. He realized what he had done wrong. Um, but here it's so amazing to see the heart of Jesus, his heart for us. Um, the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. So before we could do anything right for him, um, he had already paid the price for you and I 
to have a perfect and restored relationship with him. And here is Jesus displaying what that looks like post-resurrection. This is what it looks like. Even though you may have done wrong, even though you may have um, messed up, even though you may have sinned, uh, we we know we all have, uh, I still choose you. And so it was Peter's decision then at that moment what he was going to do. And he, we know from scripture that he did choose to follow Christ. Um, and I think that's incredible. It's an awesome picture of what we have in him. We can have a restored relationship with the father, just like Jesus had a perfect relationship with the father because it wasn't hindered with sin. Jesus couldn't see the father as a natural man. Um, and yet he says a lot of, uh, during his ministry, he even says, I only do what I see the father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying. And so you can see that Jesus was daily guided by his father and also that he had this, um, this shared compassion with his father. He knew the heart of the father and he spent time with him. He often withdrew to lonely places, like to, to be by himself just so that he can pray to the father. Um, you never see Jesus really lacking, you know, you, you don't see him, um, grasping for love from, from people. But the Bible actually even says he didn't entrust himself to certain people because he knew what they were like. Um, so rather than Jesus, you know, grasping for love, grasping for acceptance, grasp, you know, he didn't do any of that. That is for sure because he had a relationship with his father and that's what he made his life out to be. And that's the same relationship that we can have with the father because Christ now lives in us and God looks at us as if we are his sons and daughters because we are. And that's the same relationship, the same relationship that Christ had with the Father, we can have with the Father, we can have with Christ, we can have with the Holy Spirit. Um, Isn't that the prayer that Jesus prayed for us, that we would be one with him as he is one with the Father? Um, I think about the story of Enoch in Genesis 5, where it says that Enoch walked with God until he was no more because God took him. That's Genesis. Uh, I'm going to look. I'm just going to grab it for you. Genesis 5. Oh. I'm in my big Bible today, so. Genesis 5, verse 24. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God, And just so you know, that was like a third of what people were living back then. (laughs) So he lived like a third of the time. So it says Enoch lived with, lived 365 years walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. That is amazing to live in such close fellowship with God that he just, he just took Enoch. Um, Think about Adam and Eve in the garden God had an appointed time to meet with them in the cool of day, to walk with them. Uh, Every day, God walked with them. And that is so special. And that is the kind of relationship that we can have with him now. Uh, We can be in perfect peace 
We can be in perfect joy. We can experience those pleasures at the right hand of the Father right now. The Word of God says that His Spirit is joined with our spirit. So we are really one with Him now. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. We are one with the Father now. So I better move on. Otherwise, this is going to be an 80-minute podcast. And and I said that it was going to be short, but uh, it's not going to be short if I just keep on. But one of the marks of the believer is that you have a restored relationship with Christ. Um, it's restoration. No matter what you've done before, if you are a believer in Christ, you you are restored to a right relationship with him. And again, there is fruit that comes out of that relationship. Um, it's not just, you know, I can talk with God every day. It's also that you have fruit that comes from that relationship. Um, one of those fruits is number two, proclamation proclamation. So we saw that Peter was restored in his relationship with Christ and, um, he chose to follow Christ and the disciples and Peter, they were along with others, they were in the upper room and Jesus had told them to wait until they received the, his, his gift, the gift from the father that was going to be sent to them. And, um, I'm sure you might know the story, tongues of fire rest upon them. They begin speaking in other tongues and, uh, the hearers of the tongues are hearing them in their own language. And I said this to the youth group. It's so funny because the reaction was they must be drunk. I'm sorry, but if I was drunk, um, and I haven't been, but if I was, I'm certain that I wouldn't be speaking perfect Greek or perfect Arabic or perfect Spanish or, or perfect Portuguese um, if I was drunk. So it shows you the hardness of hearts of the people. Like that is, that was your, that was the solution that you came up with. Oh, they've got to be drunk because they're speaking in my language perfectly. But anyway, moving right along, um, in Acts chapter two, verse 14, it says this, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, now, you've got to imagine this is a crowd of people that maybe many of them were shouting crucify him um, not too long ago about Christ. And here is Peter stepping forward after being anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. He steps forward and shouts to the crowd an incredible message, um, basically telling us everything about Jesus and... 3,000 people are saved on that day. Again, you've got to imagine some of these people may have been the people who were shouting crucify him. Um, And yet Peter stepped forward with boldness. So this is the man who had, you know, not too long ago denied Christ. Um, I'm certain that there is an exact time frame that I would be able to tell you if I actually knew the timeline, but it's not long. So... Um, not long ago, Peter, and I'm not talking years, I'm talking like months, not long ago, Peter had just denied Christ and here he is stepping forward. Um, who knows if he thought, man, this is, this is going to be the day that I die. Um, because you know, Jesus did tell him you're going to give up your life for me. Um, but he stepped forward with boldness and he shouted to the crowd and he proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I was just saying to the youth group again the other day that when I have to talk to people that I don't know, I get nervous. My voice gets shaky. 
Um, I don't know quite exactly the words to say, you know, suddenly this was impromptu. Peter preached this message and 3000 people get saved. That was the power of the Holy Spirit that he proclaimed boldly the word of God to these people. And again, thousands of people gave their hearts to Christ. Um, I love what it says in second or yeah, second Corinthians 413 and, and four, well, 413 I'll read. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed God. So I spoke. If you believe the word of God, if you believe what God says about himself, about Jesus, about everything that we have in him, then your reaction, the mark of a believer should be to speak about these promises, to speak and proclaim the good news of Christ. Now, I know it's been said, you know, you you can give money to missionaries or you can give money to your church, you can give finances and you could fund the gospel and you, you reap a harvest from that as well. But there is not one person who is a believer who is exempt from opening up your mouth and sharing what you believe. Now, of course, this is a command from Jesus, um, go into the world and tell all the nations about him. But even more so, it should be a desire. It should be like a fire that's shut up in your bones. Uh, it's called good news. It's good news. When you have good news, you tell the people who are close to you. You tell the people around you. You might make a Facebook post about it. You might make an Instagram post about it. Um, you might tell all of your family or your family will at least have heard about it from so-and-so and so-and-so. Um, you know, news travels fast. This should be the good news that's like a fire shut up in your bones that you have to release, that you have to say out of your mouth. Um, if somebody had a 200 or $100 bill for every person who came to the corner and you knew about it, you would tell all your friends, hey, yo, go get your $100 bill. They're just standing there giving it out for free. Freely, you have received. Now, freely give. Uh, how much more important is eternity than a $100 bill? You know you'd be calling your friends or telling your neighbors, hey, they have a $100 bill. Like, they're waiting to hand out $100 bills right over there on the corner. All you have to do is go up to them. Um you know that eternity is far more important than a $100 bill that obviously it fades. I mean, you could spend it like that nowadays. You could, you know, buy 10 pounds of ground beef and uh, you almost spent that. I'm just kidding. It's not that expensive. But you know what I'm trying to say? Um, eternity lasts. Eternity is forever. And you want to be sharing the good news of Jesus with your friends, with your neighbors, with your loved ones, with your hated ones. Uh, just because... They are your enemy right now. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love them. Doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for them. Doesn't mean that um, Jesus didn't shed his blood for them. So it's time that we open up our mouths and proclaim the good news of Christ. Um, that is one of the marks, one of the fruits of a believer. Number three, I'm going to move on. Demonstration. Demonstration. This is a demonstration of the power of God. Uh, Mark 16, 17 says, these signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. 
Um, it, it goes through a list of other things and it says they'll, they'll lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. We should be demonstrating the power of God when we go out. Now, how do I demonstrate the power of God? How in the world can I do that? Well, believe the word of God and just do what he said. I want to encourage you that believing the word of God is not a feeling. So you might not feel like um, praying for somebody. You might not feel like anything is going to happen um, or anything is happening as you're laying your hands on somebody. Um, I'll give you, uh, listen, I'll give you a story that maybe will encourage you to lay your hands on the sick and recover. So, uh, or lay your hands on the sick. So there was a woman when I went to get my glasses, I don't remember when this was like probably a year ago now. And uh, she had had a sling on and she had shoulder pain. So I asked her, and this was during COVID. So I asked her, can I lay my hands on you and pray for you? And she said, yes, um, hesitantly. So I spoke healing into her body. That's another thing. You command pain to go. When you pray for somebody uh, who is sick or uh, hurt in their body or is filled with a demon, you just command it to go. Uh, You don't say, Father, in, you know, I ask you that you would heal them right now. Um, The Bible actually says that we will heal the sick. Um, I think it was, I don't know who they were, but John and somebody, maybe it was Peter and John. I don't remember. Um, But they come up to the beggar and he's asking for money and they say, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. So they possessed something because they were filled with Christ. So they possess that same power that Jesus had, and you actually possess that same power. So you are walking as an ambassador for God here on this earth. You are an ambassador of Christ. As he is, so are we in this world. So you actually have the power in your inner spirit, man, because the spirit of God is joined with your spirit, you have the power to heal the sick. It is actually inside of you. So when you pray for the sick, you actually lay your hands on the sick and you command them to be healed. You say, be healed in Jesus name. Um, sickness go in Jesus name. I curse cancer in the name of Jesus. I bind it. Um, I command it to loose its hold on this person. Um, and I cast it into the deep is what I think it was. Maybe it was RW Shambach or Ted Shuttlesworth tells a story about how he, how he told people to be healed from cancer, but you curse the things of the devil. You speak the life of God into them. And that is how they receive healing. Um, but it says in the word, these signs will follow the believer. So they don't go first. You go first, you make the first move and the signs will follow. There needs to be a demonstration of the power of God. If you are a believer, um, he watches over his word in order to perform it. So that's, it is, it's important to share the gospel first. It's important to teach about what, uh, God has afforded to us through Jesus Christ. It's important to teach those things first. Um, and then lay your hands on the sick and see them healed. Jesus went around, uh, went about preaching and teaching and then healing the sick. Um, so preaching and teaching that, that should come first if possible. Um, though you can see that the preaching and teaching that I think it was Peter and John did, they just said in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. 
Um, so be encouraged with that, that you can actually demonstrate the power of God because it is inside of you. First Corinthians 4.20 says, the kingdom of God is not just of talk, but it is of power. It is of power. God does not expect you um, to walk about this life and just tell about him and never see any fruit from your relationship with him. God does not expect you to walk around and tell people about Jesus and not see Jesus show up for them in that moment. He will. And the, the same for you. God doesn't expect you just to live this life and not experience his power in your life. Again, the word of God is not just talk. It is of power. And if he doesn't want us to be, you know, living in ritual, living in just like, you know, a religious mindset, um, he wants us to be in this relationship with him. A relationship is give and take. And I'm not saying that negatively on our part, like, you know, you need to give because God has given. Also, as you've devoted yourself to him, he will continue to give to you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That is what he says. Any believe, anyone who believes in him must believe that he is going to reward them. And that that's an expectation from God's word. Uh, we're not just saying that because we want something from him. God told us that we should believe for good things from him. We should believe um, that he's going to reward us. Again, that that's not just the carnal mind saying like, well, I should get something now. Um, no, God told us, if you believe me, then you should expect that you're going to receive from me. And that is what we can expect when we have a restored relationship with him, uh, because of the blood of Jesus, when we proclaim the good news of Christ, we can expect a demonstration of his power as we walk about this earth and we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ and actually show the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have not fully preached the gospel until we've preached it with power. And that's a demonstration of signs and wonders and miracles. Begin to ask the Lord, make me a sign and wonder in this generation. Make me a sign and wonder. Make me a person who lives in your fullness. Uh, make me a person who really listens to your word and takes you at your word so that I can follow you with all of my heart, um, all of my soul, all of my strength, um, and all of my mind. Um, so I, hopefully this has been encouraging to you. These are the marks of a believer. They're not all the marks of a believer. There's also the fruit of the spirit. You know, there's lots of things that we could have gone into, but I think that these are three main and key points that will help you in your walk. This will maybe be a good checkup for you. And again, if, if there's some things that you haven't yet started doing, like you haven't started sharing your, your faith with others, just start. Start small and work up to it. Start, you know, with your, with your neighbor or, you know, your cubicle mate that has a headache and say, hey, can I pray for you real quick? And say, in the name of Jesus, I command this headache to go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Lay your hands on them. Maybe whack them a time or two. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Um, it depends what kind of coworker they are. No, really, it's a joke. Um, but anyway, 
Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed this. If you've enjoyed it, please share it with somebody, you know, copy the link, send it to them. And, uh, we love you very much. God bless.